going to continue in the word of the Lord today, and I have been in a series called Reset. It is something that God spoke to me uh, immediately when all of this craziness with this virus began to break loose in the nation. And God said to me, uh, I want you to reset. And as I just keep pressing into the heart of the Father, uh, he keeps speaking something else and something more because there is a word from the Lord in this hour. And uh, God took me this week. I was able to get away for a couple of days and just seek the Lord and pray and really unplug from, from all of the craziness that's going on. And one morning I woke up and I heard the Lord say something very, very, um, it was strange to me at first, but it's what I want to talk to you about today. I heard the Lord say to me, I'm going to start dealing with my people on a molecular level. And I said, a molecular level, what does that mean? And the Lord began to unpack that for me. And I want to talk about Christianity on a molecular level. So I want you to look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5. And I want to preach today on this thought, Christianity on a molecular level. Christianity on the molecular level. Look at verse number 5. Paul says, examine yourselves. See whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? He says to examine yourself and to test yourself. And that's what I want to talk about for just a couple of minutes tonight. Uh, uh, today, I want to talk about um, Christianity on a molecular level. Father, help me to teach and to preach what you put into my heart in a way that brings revelation, wisdom, and breakthrough in lives. I thank you for the power of your word, and I thank you for the Spirit of God, who I pray and believe will help me preach this now. In Jesus' name, amen. So, since God's saying to me, I'm going to begin to deal with Christianity on a molecular level. Now, we're in a moment when paradigms and methods and operational procedures are changing day by day, not just in America, not just in the business world, but even in the church world, church leaders are dealing with transition and change almost uh, by the hour. And we are seeing these necessary adjustments being made at a macro level but largely ignoring the changes that I believe God is trying to get through and get to at a micro level. Now, let me just break down the difference between macro and micro. For those of you with an economic background who are watching me, you understand the difference between macro and micro. Macro is the big picture. It's the, the if you were in economies, if you were talking about economies, uh, macro economy is the, the economy of a big thing. It's uh, the government. It's the nation. It's, it's the neighborhood. It's the city. 
And then you move down to microeconomics, and microeconomics have to do with how you and I individually or even as a family deal with our economics. And what we must understand is that even in economics, microeconomics, what we do on a personal level affects what happens in macroeconomics on a national, global, or even governmental level. Sometimes we, we get into the mode of thinking when we start going through seasons like this that the macro, the big picture is the thing that God is trying to fix. But God began to deal with my heart and he said to me, Kevin, the issues that the church is dealing with on a big level, on a macro level, are really issues that can be dealt with and must be dealt with at a micro level, a molecular level of Christianity. Now, what, is, what does it mean? I started researching because I'll be honest with you, I wasn't quite sure what God was saying to me when he said, I'm going to deal with my people on a molecular level. But molecular level simply means the simplest structural uh, unit of an element or a compound. When we deal with something on a molecular level, we are dealing with something at its uh, core, at the most simplified place of its existence. You can't go deeper than the molecule of something. The molecular level, if I could put it in the layman's terms, is, is the part that you can't see that is affecting everything you can see. The thing that's happening at a molecular level is the part that you can't see, but it is affecting everything you can see. What do I mean by that? How many have ever been thirsty, right? How many have ever played a ball game and you got thirsty and you wanted a bottle of water? Now, if you've ever been thirsty and seen a bottle of water and you were really thirsty, I am sure that you didn't go break out a microscope pour the water on a slide, look at the water at a molecular level and start talking about how thankful you were for two hydrogen atoms connecting to an oxygen atom and making water. We don't think about things at a molecular level. Why? Because the molecular level doesn't really bless us in any way. What we want is the bottle of water, rip the lid off, drink the water and quench our thirst. It may not matter to you and I, when we're drinking that water, what that water is made of. We may not even be concerned about the molecular level of the water, but I can guarantee you this. If those two hydrogen atoms aren't properly connected to an atom of oxygen, there is no water in the bottle, and you and I stay thirsty. What is the point? The point is sometimes all we want to do is address the fruit, but sometimes God wants to go deeper and he wants to deal with the root. He wants to get down to the simplest core of who we are. He wants to deal with his children on a molecular level. And I want to tell you right now that I believe we're dealing with things in the kingdom right now and we're trying to tackle things on a macro, big picture level. I've got a slide and I'm going to ask Chad to put that up and I want you to watch this and just, just look at this for a second because I hope to explain to you exactly what it is I'm seeing in my spirit as I pray. On a macro level, we're talking about movements, denominations. We're talking about networks. We're talking about large groups and gatherings. And if you move down the slide and get to the micro level, you find at the very base of it all, at the very core of it all, is the molecular level, and that is the heart of you and I. It's our own personal heart that God is wanting to deal with.
Sometimes we look at the macro level, the big picture, all the problems going on, even problems in the church. And we want to address the problem that we see with our eyes. But the problem that we see with our eyes is really a symptom. The issue is not what's going on at a macro level. The issue is God's trying to talk to us at the micro level, at the molecular level, at the place that nobody sees. Now, you may say to me right now, Pastor, I'm not really interested in talking about what's happening at the micro level because what's happening at this micro, this molecular level is really not important. And I want to tell you, the moment that we're living in reminds us that the molecular level, the micro level that very few people pay attention to, one small unnoticeable virus has stopped the entire world. One untraceable, unseen virus at a micro level. You'd have to get a microscope to see this virus. Yet look at, it, look at what it's doing to the nations of the earth. Turning entire nations on their ear. Turning entire economies upside down. Throwing the economic realities of this world into turmoil. How? Because what happens at a molecular micro level is significant and impacts what's happening, thing, happening in the things at a macro level. What, what am I talking about? I, I, here's what I mean. I, I believe before movements change, men change. I believe if you're going to change movements, you got to change the men and the women that lead the movement. Sometimes we go tackling the fruit, what we see, and we try to fix a symptom that is noticeable. But if you don't go to the molecular level, you can try to clean the tree up, try to dress it up, try to fix it up. But if the heart doesn't get changed, nothing will be lasting in the transition. This whole thing that we're dealing with right now at a molecular level is the thing of the heart. And, and, and if we're going to, I just believe we're in a moment where we're going to see movements shift. I believe we're in a moment at a macro level, we're getting ready to see denominations. I believe some of them are going to come out of irrelevance, obscurity. Some of them were on a life support. Yet they're about to have revival because God is about to touch the hearts of men and women that are leading those movements. And what we're getting ready to see is that all God was waiting on was somebody to get their heart right at a molecular level so that as the, as the move of God walks up the tree, the, the tree itself begins to bear fruit and life begins to be born out of it again. God wants to touch things at a big level, but we can't just fix problems because the reality of it is in this moment, God's wanting us to fix us. So we come to this text in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul says, examine yourself. Put your heart under the microscope and see what's going on in you at a molecular level. There's some people watching me right now. You don't like the way you talk to people. You don't like the way you lust. You don't like the way you struggle with stuff. You don't like it, but it doesn't change. 
In fact, you try to make commitments, you try to make promises, you try to make resolutions, and you just keep doing it over and over. Why? Because there are symptoms in our lives that we often don't like, but we don't go to the place in us that would really allow change to happen. Change in your life, change in my life, change on big levels, change in mid-levels, change anywhere you go. Any kind of change that is lasting happens because it happens at a molecular level at a place in us that is unseen. And I recognize when we start talking about examining our heart, grace preachers and grace teachers, of which I am, I'm a grace preacher, I'm a grace teacher, I believe in grace. Sometimes when we start talking about examining our heart, people don't like that language because it it creates a sense of insecurity and, and perhaps even would allow doubts to rise up. But I want you to hear me. Paul says examine your heart. Not because God wants us to walk in insecurity, but because he doesn't want us to walk in deception. We need to examine our heart not because God wants us to walk in insecurity. We need to examine our heart to make sure we're not deceiving ourselves. Sometimes we don't take time to examine. Sometimes we don't put our heart under the microscope. Sometimes we're not willing to look at the content on the molecular level of who we really are. And you know what this moment is? Uh, There are a lot of things that are happening on a lot of different levels, but there's one thing that a lot of people have right now that they haven't had a lot of recently, and that is time. What if God slowed everything down to create some space? Yeah, I I know God didn't create the virus. I don't believe God sent the virus. I don't believe God's judging the world. I mean, there's going to be a day when God judges the world, but that day hasn't come yet, and until that day comes, Jesus is still the Savior. And John 3.17 says, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. The message of the church in this hour is not one of judgment. It is one of hope. It is one, this, this, the door is open. This is the greatest time to be a gospel preacher. We have the world's attention. And I just want to tell you, I know what message to preach in this hour. It's the hope that is in Christ. It's the hope that is in his name. And maybe God is slowing the world down. Maybe he's slowing even the church down. So that we can take just a few days, a few weeks, all it takes is one moment to lay under the microscope of the Word of God and to allow God to look at our heart on a molecular level. I'm telling you, a shift is coming at a macro level. Watch this. Movements you've never heard of before are getting ready to explode on the scene. And movements you thought were a household name are getting ready to disappear. Why? Because God is saying in this moment, I'm making adjustments, and those who will let me adjust them, I'm going to to reveal myself through them, which will provide all the relevance you'll ever need to be effective in this culture. But people who will not examine their heart and take out the stuff that God has been trying to talk to us about, We've just been too busy. We've been too busy to hear him. Now we got some time. And he said, I want you to just take a few moments. I want you to take some time to examine yourself. This is beautiful because what it really is trying to help us understand is Paul says it twice, so he means it. 
Examine yourself, test yourself. In other words, keep your nose out of everybody else's business. Because in this moment, you've got enough to take care of yourself. And in this moment, we need to stop attacking the church. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. We need to stop attacking the church and the leaders at a macro level. And we need to say, you, you know, we've got, all these, we've got all these Facebook prophets, it's amazing, who are specialists in fixing people. And I want to tell you right now, before you try to get the toothpick out of someone else's eye, please go to the restroom and take an examination of your own eyes and your own vision and get the telephone pole out of your own eye. This is not a moment where God's calling us to fix everyone else. We need to look into the mirror of the Word of God and examine ourselves. If we'll examine our own heart at a molecular level and we'll turn to the Lord, something's going to happen at a macro level. We want revival to break out in churches, but churches don't break out into revival until people break out into revival. Churches don't break out of, into revival until leaders break out into revival. And God is not just wanting to deal with the, we keep hearing, and I'm, I believe it, I'm, the, I, I'm on the front line, I, I say it. God is going to send revival. God is sending awakening. We believe that. But I don't want for one moment to suppose that that means something can happen in a building that hadn't happened in a heart. God wants to start in you and in me at a molecular level. This is a powerful text. He says, examine yourself. Test yourself. We examine our hearts, not because God wants us to walk in fear that we're not truly born again, but we examine our hearts because he doesn't want, to, he doesn't want us to operate in the kind of blinding pride that robs us of our purpose and causes us to shipwreck in our faith walk. See, examining your heart every now and then is good because sometimes things creep into it. Sometimes we get too busy to take inventory. Sometimes we get too busy and we're too busy knowing what's wrong with the church but haven't considered what might be wrong in our own hearts. God wants us to look at our heart today at a molecular level. I'm reminded of the story in the Gospel of St. Luke where they asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment of all? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment, not one of the greatest, not at you know, near the top of important. What is the most important commandment we could follow? And Jesus said it is an issue of your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. He's getting to that whole issue of the molecular level, that inside, internal, invisible, that place in you nobody else can see but God. If we want to see churches move forward in revival and awakening, the people of God have got to get right with God. I'm not here to bash today. I'm not, I'm, not here to, I'm not here to pose fear. What I'm trying to tell you is this is a moment 
a moment that the enemy intended for evil that God is really going to make turn into good, a moment when people in the kingdom can actually say, you know what, I don't have to run to the office. I don't have, I've got a few more days. And if I could just, if I could just get a Bible and a journal and a back porch, God could speak to me in a way that would liberate my soul and purify my heart so that I could stand before God with clean hands and experience the glory of God in a way I've never experienced personally in my life. So what are three things we can do when you examine your heart and you find the stuff in you that you don't like? What are three things we can do to help us, to help us deal with our walk with God on a molecular level? Well, number one, you can remove the idols. When you look into your heart, I want to know today the Lord is saying, I want to know, do you see the idols that are there? What is an idol, Pastor? Simply, in layman terms, an idol is anything you put before God. Anything that gets more of your time. Anything that gets more of your attention. Anything that you give your life to has become an idol. Now you would say to me, Pastor Kevin, I don't believe that. Because I never get down on my knees and worship Facebook. I never get down on my knees and worship the God of sports. I never get down on my knees and worship the God of recreation. I never get down on my knees and worship these things. When I come to church on Sunday, I lift my hands and I only worship God. And the Lord wants me to remind you that what you do with your hands to him on Sunday doesn't define your life of worship. Worship is not something you do one hour on Sunday, family. Worship is who we are when we leave this building. Worship is about what we give God when we're working Monday through Friday. Worship is not just what we do during slow songs on Sunday morning. God's warning the molecular level of us right now. This is the beautiful thing. No idol you bring before him, the psalm says, no idol you bring before him is like him. Do you understand that? Every other God that we put on the on the throne of our hearts. They have eyes, but they cannot see. Those gods have ears, but they cannot hear. They have a mouth, but they cannot speak. There's only one God that loves you and me enough to send his only son to die for us. He doesn't just want our leftovers. He wants everything. And today, I believe one of the things that we need to do as we examine our heart is we need to We need to say, are there idols in my heart? If there are idols, if there is anything that we put before God, it's an idol. What do we do with idols when we find them? The Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy that when you come into a land and an idol is there, pick the idol up and smash it. (laughs) It's intense, right? (laughs) Like, Like when you come to an Asher pole or a statue one that they used to bow their knee to and they burned incense to it and they, they bowed their knee and they kissed it and they, and they worshiped this statue. God said, don't put up with any idols. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Don't, don't have any idols in your life. And when you, when you find one of them, be vigilant to get rid of it. Because John, God is a jealous God. Not because he's insecure, but because he has an amazing plan for your life. And you must understand if you want that plan and that purpose to be realized and come to pass, it doesn't come to pass while you're worshiping other gods and 
checking out with Jesus on Sunday. God wants every day, all of your life, and this isn't a burden. This is the greatest joy in the world. Oh, I believe there's someone watching me right now that would testify. You would testify to your friends and family that Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to you. So don't have other, other idols. Number two, not only do we need to get rid of the idols, we need to rekindle the flame. Sometimes the fire goes out on our hearts. If we start researching our hearts and we start examining what's on the inside of us, we need to ask some questions. Was there a time in my life I was closer to God than I am right now? Is there a time in my life where I was more on fire for Jesus than I am right now? Is there a time in my life where my faith was white, hot, was on fire, was absolutely, I mean, I didn't need my favorite song. I didn't need my favorite lyrics. I, all I had to do was just hear somebody say his name and tears would fill my eyes and joy would fill my heart. Has there ever been a time when worship was better, when your praise was louder, when you were more into it than you are right now? Because I just want to tell you, maybe you need, as you examine your heart, maybe you need to rekindle that flame. How do I rekindle the flame, Pastor? You sweep off the ashes of yesterday because your heart is an altar. We have an altar in our church. People walk to it every Sunday and give their life to Jesus, and we're really grateful for that. But I'm going to tell you right now, the altar is not just one in a building. The altar primarily is the one on your heart. And if when you examine on that molecular level, quit talking about all the preachers who have problems. Look at your own heart. Quit talking about all the denominations that are screwed up. Yeah, they're screwed up, but the problem is we're not going to get them turning until the heart of those who are leading them turns back to God. The people who are filling our seats and filling our churches and filling our pews, can I tell you right now, until those hearts change at a molecular level, nothing shifts in the nation. Nothing shifts in the nation until it starts in you and starts in me. If you want the fire to be rekindled in your heart, sweep the ashes off of yesterday. Lay a fresh sacrifice on the altar. What sacrifice would I lay, Pastor? Yours, yourself, your life. Lay it on the altar. Give Jesus all of your heart. Well, I've known the Lord. I, I'm, I made a confession when I was seven years old. I just, I just don't like Christianity. Friend, I want to tell you right now, no place in the Word of God ever tells you that your future is secure based on something that happened 30 years ago that you don't even really remember. The issue is not what you did 30 years ago. The issue is right now, what is the condition of your heart? Oh, I'm not saying you didn't get saved 30 years ago. I'm saying if the only memory you have about it is 30 years old and you don't have a white-hot faith for Jesus now, something is wrong. Sweep the ashes off. Lay your heart on the altar. And then I want you to know that when you lay your life on the altar and give him everything, God will consume your life with his presence. The sweet presence of God will exude from your life. And finally, not only do we need to remove idols and rekindle the flame, but we need to rest in the finished work. The finished work. It's almost a dichotomy that we're living in right now. On one hand, we have more time than we've had in a long time. On the other hand, we're scrambling, trying to come up in the ministry world, trying to come up with new ways to do this. It's weird. We have more time, and in some ways we have less time. 
I want to say this to you. If the only thing we get out of this moment and this crisis, if the only thing we get is an understanding of how to do church online, we missed the moment. If the only thing we get is a few more Facebook followers and a YouTube channel, listen, I think all that's wonderful, family, but if that's all we get out of this, we missed this moment. This moment was not just about what happens at a macro level. This moment is about pushing pause on often lives that are often so crazy that they never get to stop long enough to say, God, what's the substance of me? On a molecular level, what am I made of? Do I love people? Do I love God? Do I love his word? Do I love his people? Do I love his spirit? There's a lot of people right now, and I've talked to some of them this past week. There's a lot of people right now who are dealing with the true condition of their heart, and there's some fear in the, in the hearts of people because they're starting to examine their heart and they don't like what they're finding. Some of them are in church. Some of them don't go to church. Some of them haven't been to church in years. But life has come to a screeching halt for many people, and they've got some time now to think. And as they examine their heart and they find out what's in it, they don't like what they're finding. What do you do when you examine your heart, when you try yourself, when you put your own self to the test at a molecular level, not the you that everybody in your office sees, not the you that everybody in your house sees, not the you that everybody at the golf club sees, but the you that God sees, that molecular you down at the core of who you are, when you get to that place and you find out what's going on in there and you don't like what you see, what do you do? I'll tell you what you do, friend. You take your heart to God and you ask him to cleanse it and make it new. There's somebody watching right now if we're closing this message. There's somebody right, watching right now who would say, Pastor Kevin, I'm a little bit afraid to examine what's in my heart because I don't know what I might find. Friend, I'll tell you right now, if you'll just trust God, he will cleanse your heart of any of the nastiness you might find in there. Every idol, everything you've put before him, he can take care of. You know why? He's bigger than it is. He's greater. He's just waiting on you to say, I don't like this heart. I don't like what I find in me. And I'm even, listen, I'm talking to some Christians that are on their way to heaven who've slowed down over the last few days and you've just been able to think about what's going on in your life at a molecular level. You don't like some of the stuff you see. You, you, you don't like some of your attitudes. I had that slide up a moment ago and I talked about the macro and micro and in between all that, between the movement and the molecular level was a thing called motives. We don't like to talk about our motives. Things we do with an intention in mind. Things we do to shape the kind of future we want. Things we do because we think we know better than God. Motives. I'm going to tell you how to change motives, friend. You change motives at the molecular level. You get your heart right and you just start trusting a God that orders every step. 
gives you every direction you need. Somebody who's watching me right now, you need Christ to come into your life and save you. I'm going to tell you right now, we can't wait to see you in this building, but some of you may not even live in Chattanooga. People are watching us from all over the world. We're honored you're here, but I'm going to tell you, if at the molecular level of your life, the heart level, the unseen place, if you want Christ to save you today, he will, but you've got to ask him. You've got to humble yourself and ask Jesus to wash you and cleanse you and be the Lord of your life. You're about to lose control and give it to a God who loves you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe tears are coming down someone's face. Maybe you feel like, I want to do this, but I'm scared of what it means. I I might have time in the future. Listen, tomorrow is promised to no man. Today is the day of salvation. So let's just give it all to Jesus right now. Let's just make him Lord of our life. Let's quit playing the games because this moment we're living in reminds us of this. It reminds us, and we've said this the last several weeks. It's one of my favorite sayings. If we're going to ever get back to being an evangelistic, thriving church, we got to remember this. Life is short. Death is sure. Sin is the curse. Jesus Christ is the cure. Today, I want to lead you in a prayer. If you mean it from your heart, it'll change your life. Say, God, come into my heart and save me. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of the living God. I'm asking you to wash me of my sins and forgive me of everything I've done. I believe, Lord, that you died on a cross. You nailed my sin there. You were dead and three days later you rose again and now you ever live to be the Lord of my life and I want you to be the Lord of my life today. Jesus Christ, be the king of my life. In your name I pray, Lord. Amen. Now if you just prayed that prayer and you gave your heart to Jesus, there's going to be a a, a place for prayer requests. We just want you to email us. Let us know. Send us your name and let us know, today I gave my heart to Jesus. Friend, there's some things we want to give you. We want to make sure you have a Bible and let you know we're praying. We want to help you in every way that we can walk this journey because we just believe Jesus came to this earth, lived and died with you in mind so that you could have eternal life. And today we celebrate the fact that you've given your life to Christ. Now I want to pray for one more group of people in just a moment. I want to pray for every Christian who's watching me who says, I need to get closer to God because I examine my heart, Pastor. I'm just not liking what I'm seeing. Listen, don't run from God. This is not a moment of shame. This is not a moment of of disgrace. This is not a moment of, of fear that God won't accept you. In fact, this is a great moment. It's a moment where we just come with true hearts, Hebrews says, true hearts, saying, God, every idol, everything in my life at a molecular heart level that's not pleasing to you, take it today. Lord, I just pray for believers that are watching me now who want to get closer, who need to get closer to you, and they want you to come into their life and help them get rid of idols and rekindle the fire, and then they want to get to this place of resting in you. God, I'm asking you right now, in Jesus' name, at a molecular level, at the core of who I am, Lord. Get rid of every idol. Rekindle the fire. and Let my life be one of rest as I rest in the work of Jesus that he's accomplished for me. 
Today, God, I thank you for that rest that's coming on someone's life. They thought they had to work to get it, but today they're recognizing it's just a matter of trusting you. And I release the grace of God over everyone watching now, and I thank you in Jesus' name, God. You're changing us in our heart. And our changed heart is going to bring change in every dimension of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you.